Welcome to Brisbane West Vineyards Podcast. It's great to have you with us. We're a community of people sharing God's love, power, and life that's revealed in Jesus. We gather Sundays, 5pm, at Good News Lutheran School in Middle Park. We exist simply for the King and His Kingdom, that His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's great to see you. Um, good to be here. And um, Jonathan's just going to get that PowerPoint going now. We have been in a series, haven't we, of learning about the good and beautiful God for about, well, I don't know how long was it. It was quite a while, wasn't it? And um, we, we've, we've got like this um, little section of time now before we kind of run into Christmas. And um, as Jonathan sort of mentioned, you know, that's traditionally Advent, isn't it? It's a bit early, isn't it, really, to be talking about Advent. Um, but uh, we're going to be taking... God seems to have like weaved some of these themes into the messages that we're going to be sharing between now, now and as we get close to Christmas. So, um, the title that I've given the message today is "Living in the Father's Joy," and um, if you don't know, I'm I'm an artist, and that's one of the things that I love to do. And the message today that I'm preparing is something that God's put on my heart, and it's something that I have sort of been mulling myself and and God has been kind of speaking to me and teaching me some things over the last few years and um and often when I'm preparing a message the sort of way that it feels like I'm that 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 it 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 kind of comes out is is similar to the creative process of producing a piece of art and um you kind of have something inside and you're just really busting to get it out and uh feels a bit like giving birth as well sometimes and um you feel like you have a go at um, putting it together and God shapes and molds it as you go along. So um, there's a little bit of a, 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 an insight into my week. Um, over the next few weeks, we're going to be... We've, so just in general, we, we, we didn't want to give this series a big title of, um, of anything in particular. We're kind of going down the theme of health in a few different ways. And um, so John is going to be bringing a message on peace and looking at sort of mental health and anxiety next week. And Dan's going to be bringing a message in a few weeks' time on um, living in the Father's generosity and looking at financial health. Um, so today, we're, we're looking at living in the Father's joy. And so in terms of health, this message is about sort of um, pressing in and pursuing what God has put in us as, as individuals, as people that he has made and put on this earth for a purpose. So we're going to be leaning into that. And so looking at joy. Um, so who needs a bit more joy in their life? We do, don't we? So let's go and have a look. Okay, now to start off. Um, now here's my little creative moment. Who recognises that little icon up there? What do you reckon that is? Yes, two. It's the empty two. And so, you know, as Christians, um, we have um, a hallmark of joy, don't we, in the message that we share because we've, there's an empty two. And so um, there's, there's, there's a lot of joy right there. So um, now before we get to the empty tomb, um, Jonathan, if you could pop up the first slide. We're going to um, jump straight into um, Jesus' Jesus's baptism. So you can turn to Luke chapter 3, verse 21. We're going to start reading um, not, not, not many verses. In fact, just two verses today. Um, I'll just give you a moment to get there. <coughs> So the baptism of Jesus, Luke 3, starting in verse 21, I'm reading from the NLT, I think. Um, 
One day, the crowds were being baptized. Oh, one day when the crowds were being baptized, Jesus himself was also baptized. As he was praying, the heavens opened and the Holy Spirit in bodily form descended on him like a dove. And a voice from heaven said, you are my dearly loved son and you bring me great joy. You are my dearly loved son and you bring me great joy. Isn't that an amazing scene? Sometimes we read these stories, don't we? We're so familiar, we just kind of, oh, yep, that was Jesus getting baptized. Okay, what happened next? Um, but let's just take a moment just to imagine that. In this story, we can see, you know, um, God at work in, through Father, Son, and Spirit all at once. And it's a key moment um, in the unfolding plan of redemption, this moment. And I've got lots of questions. Why was Jesus baptized? You know, why did he have to get baptized? Blah, blah, blah. We're not going to go into that, but... Um, in sending Jesus on his mission of rescue and redemption and restoration, the Father knew how critical it was for Jesus to be confirmed in his identity as being dearly loved. And so he went to great effort. Well, it wasn't a great effort, but it was a dramatic moment, wasn't it? Opening the heavens like that, appearing in that shape of a dove coming down and declaring to all who could hear or had ears to hear, who Jesus was. So the father's confirmation of Jesus's identity as being dearly loved was absolutely a crucial step in Jesus's own development in being able to embrace all that had been promised and prophesied about him in his younger years. And so as fully human, Jesus had to learn how to lean into the father's joy. And we see Jesus doing that. Um, so this is the term that was used by the Father to describe Jesus, his agapetos, his dearly loved one. So at this moment, before any public ministry had begun, um, the Father lavished his love on Jesus for all to see and hear. And so clearly we can see here that his being became before his doing. And this deep love that Jesus received from the Father enabled him to choose every single day, every moment in obedience to keep stepping into the destiny that God had prepared for him. It was all based and grounded on that solid and intimate knowledge of the Father's deep love for him. So when we look at Jesus, which we've been doing, it seems like most of the time recently, <laughs> When we look at Jesus, we see that he lived his whole life in the knowledge of the Father's joy. Isn't that an amazing thought? And so today we're going to be asking, how can we live in the Father's joy like Jesus did? Because, you know, Jesus is our example, isn't he? He's the one in whom we've been created brand new. The one who now clothes us with himself and the one who calls us to follow him continually as well in obedience. And so if Jesus was living in this foundation of joy, I think we need to learn how to do it too. In Galatians 3.22, we know there in that passage, Paul's talking about the fruit of the spirit and what comes after love, joy. Now, I don't really think that those are in order of importance, 
But, um, you know, Joy's pretty near the top of the list, so I can't really say that, but, you know, it's right there, isn't it? It's number two. <laughs> Not that the, that list works like that, because all of those fruits of the Spirit, all that fruit of the Spirit there is Jesus himself, and you can't chop him up into, like, a fruit platter. But um, Joy is there in the list, but I think sometimes, you know, we kind of skip over it, and we get to things that we know that we're um, a bit more deficient in, maybe self-control or patience or something like that, and we say, oh, we'd love more of that. But joy is right there in that list. And when we think about it, um, joy should surely be one of the hallmarks of our Christian walk. Not that kind of surface level joy, you know, that Christians sometimes get labelled with, where there's a sort of denial of anything um, that's difficult that we have to go to, go through. But um, joy in the sense of a deep-seated uh, awareness that comes from the knowledge that just like Jesus that we too are now also counted as dearly loved sons and daughters of the living God. In the same way that that was Jesus' foundation, or is Jesus' foundation, that needs to be our foundation in our life too. Now, last Sunday I was out there with the youth and I didn't hear what Dan was going to be preaching on until um, Friday afternoon when I was doing the school run on the way home um, on the podcast. And um, I'd already prepared this message by then, but... I found it quite interesting that what Dan was leaning into here at the end of our going to read God series was understanding that we are dearly loved by God and that that is the foundation from which we then experience the Father's love of us. And so I think that the Holy Spirit is wanting us to really take a hold of this. We began last week, we softened our hearts, some folks came up for prayer, which was wonderful. But um, he's obviously not finished with wanting us to take hold of this together. Um, In Ephesians 3, Paul tells us that we have been chosen by God before the foundation of the world. That we have been gathered in and adopted as dearly loved and cherished daughters and sons. And we read in that passage in Ephesians that God accomplished all of this through his own joy and delight. Bringing us into his family. It says, Paul says, brings God great pleasure, which when we think about it, um, you know, is remarkable because we know the cost that that was is sending Jesus and the price that he paid for each one of us. So I think in the same way that uh, in, in, in the same way that we see Jesus being able to live out the father's joy and love for him. The extent that we're able to grasp this um, will we'll be able to, well, what we're talking about in terms of grasping, grasping our identity as being dearly loved. The extent that we're able to grasp a hold of that is going to deeply affect our ability to live in the Father's joy in our lives. And to go on from there and pursue the unique calling that he has, has for each one of us. Because he rescued us and restored us for a purpose. And each one of us has a unique part to play in that. So understanding who we are in Christ is critical for us as we learn how to pick that up and run with it. In John 15, Jesus urges us, doesn't he, to remain in him and to be obedient to him. And Jesus is teaching us there in that, his disciples in that very last conversation that he had with them, that 
Jesus' loving obedience brought the Father great joy. And in the same way, he's saying, as we pursue him in love and obedience, that we will actually learn to overflow with joy in our own lives through loving, love and obedience. No, nobody likes the word obedience. But Jesus sets a perfect example of someone who's obedient at every step. And Jesus says that he, we will be filled to overflowing with his joy. Not our joy that we manufacture. But Jesus' joy becomes ours as we learn to love and pursue God in the same way that Jesus did. So Jesus shares his very own joy with you and me, which is an amazing thought, isn't it? So having laid that foundation as to who we are, his dearly loved children, I'm going to move on now and say something that seems a bit obvious. And we reflected on it in some of our songs tonight. But God is our creator. And so because he's your creator, that means he gets to define you, doesn't it? The world today is all about how we, how we define ourselves, isn't it? And there seems to be lots of choice. But that's not the right direction to go, to look for who we are. Our significance is because we've been made by a creator and he gets to define us. Not our culture, not our parents, our friends, bullies at work and school. But our creator, he's the one who made you. So he gets to define who you are. Now, you aren't quite different to me. I've got a twin sister back in the UK. And whilst we shared nine months together, <laughs> she's not the same as me. She's her own unique um, little person, the same way that, that I am. And um, we are both deeply loved. So we are each equally crafted to reflect God's image into the earth. Now, surprise, surprise, this is not new news to you, is it? We talk about this all the time. And throughout our walk with Jesus, we're going to keep coming back to it because it's foundational in so many ways. That God has created us. But Jonathan, can we pop onto the next slide? Let's have a look at Genesis 1, 27 again and a few verses following just to remind ourselves. So God created human beings in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And then he, God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. I've skipped a couple of verses there, and God concludes. He looks over all that he has made, and he saw that it was very good. Next, John. So what do we notice going on here? We notice that God creates, that God blesses with a purpose and a destiny, and that God sits back and declares his creation very good. I think God's a bit joyful there, don't you? It doesn't, kind of comes through in the text, but you can, you can read it, can't you? He overflows with joy as he looks around and admires what he's made. Who's had that experience in their life? Have you ever created something and then thought, you know what, that's pretty good. <laughs> Don't mind if I say it. 
Have you had that experience? Well, we're in quite good company, I think, when we can do that and appreciate what we've made. Have you ever thought that in that moment that that's happening, that God is working within you, through you, and admiring along with you what you've just brought to life? And he has the same joy that you do over that creation, whatever it might be. Now, those of us who've had little children, we know what this feels like, don't we? Any little creation that a little person brings and shows it to us, um, we love to accept it and encourage them in that, in that creation. They made it for us. And so we love it. And I think when we create good things, whatever it might be, we are learning to live in the Father's joy. Now, why might I say that? Because God creates creators. I'd love that to be my quote, but it's not. It's Dallas Willard, who is a wonderful, um, he's passed on now, but he was a wonderful um, theologian and philosopher. And uh, this is his quote, God creates creators. And then he asks, and who would you think that might be? How about you? How about you? He creates creators and what do they do? They are to create what is good. That is the nature of human life. God not only creates, but he creates creators. And so we're all made in God's image. So as he is the one who created everything out of nothing, we in the very depth of our beings, we get to reflect his capacity to create back into the earth. We have his capacity to bring order, to make something, to curate something, to organize something, to understand complexities and how things work. And all of this I would describe as a creative process. And as we do that and as we work together, we reflect that his nature back into the earth. Creating is part of what makes us human and it makes us who we are. Now, I've had lots of conversations with people and they say, I'm not creative. I think probably some of you here have said that to me in the past. I'm, I'm not creative. And you write it off. Well, I want to encourage you today and challenge you. Don't say that. Because you're made in the image of God. And he creates creators. So don't disqualify yourself from part of the destiny that God has for you. Because he's created you with a purpose. And God knows what he's doing. He delights in you. And so he has commissioned you and me to bring joy in and, and his life into the world around us. Let's have a look at this. In Psalm 139 verses 13 to 16. The psalmist reminds us, God, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvellous. How well I know it. You watched over me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Isn't that such a beautiful um, reflection on God's nature and how he's made us? 
You can see it's God's creative capacity there, knitting us together and weaving us together, each similar but completely different. So quite simply, I think my heart today is to call out to you what God has already placed within you that is sitting in there and that needs to be brought out. He has placed in you the capacity to reflect him into the earth in the unique way that he has prepared just for you to do. And I think as we begin to learn how to do this, we learn to live in the Father's joy. And I think as we learn to lean into that and all that God has placed within us, we, beget to, we, we begin to grow more and more into Christ's likeness as we do that and we embrace who God has made each of us to be. And we begin to actually shine as people. I love it when I see you guys doing this. And I catch a glimpse of the Father at work in you and that he's made you different to me. And you have a part to play, which is something that I could never ever do. We've just seen it up here now with Michael and Joe and Reuben. I could never do that. But God has put that uniquely in them. And as they bring that out into this um, community of which they are a part, they begin to shine and we all benefit. And as they lean into that more and more and become more and more who God has called them to be, it benefits, it benefits all of us. I think if we can encourage one another in this area, then we become a whole family that's learning how to live in the Father's joy. So I want to ask you a question today. What's your passion? I've got a big long list. It's not exhaustive. But just to get you thinking, writing, metal work, woodwork, fixing stuff, baking, sewing, healing, mending, painting, drawing, prophecy, digital coding, songwriting, singing, dancing, prayer, cooking, photography, hospitality, generosity, encouragement. So you can't now look at me and go, I'm not creative. Because there's a part for each of us to play in that list that I've just read out. And there's plenty more things that you could add there that I didn't think of on Thursday afternoon. It's not exhaustive, but I think it's a glimpse of how we can be people who lean into the Father's joy and delight for over us and in us and through us as we begin to see the good things being brought to birth into the world according to his plan and purpose. Now, one of the things that I've struggled with as a mum and as an artist, is giving myself permission. And I often ask myself, you know, have I got permission to create today? Am I allowed? Isn't that a bit indulgent? Aren't there other things more important? And those are my internal conversations that I have to get past in order to enter that space. Now, surely there are that sure, there are more important things, and I'm not saying for one minute, you know, that we should ditch all of our responsibility and, and you know, indulge every whim that comes our way. But what I am saying is, let's engage and partner with our Creator God and His work within us to lean into His joy and be all that He has made, called us to be in the earth. For years, I've made excuses about my artistic talent, about embracing all of me. There's no time, there's no point, and I don't give myself permission. And quite often people will come up to me and say, Helen, what are you working on now? Have you started a new painting? And I have to, 
I have to reflect and say, oh, no, I've been a bit busy. Oh, I, I haven't had time. And whilst those things are true, it's because I haven't made the time. And so I'm learning how to fight that battle and to make room to lean in and to partner with the Father in his joy and his creative call in my life. And so over the years, I've, I have begun to learn to see that the more and more who, as I begin to accept who God has made me and called me to be, and that includes my work as an artist, it actually releases in me a huge blessing. And that blessing is not just for me, but I see in the immediate impact in my immediate family around me. When I begin to be who God has called me to be, even just in my own family with five other people watching, it blesses them and they feel um, encouraged. And some of them then feel encouraged to go off and, and create and do their own little things as well. I think if I can learn to do that more, just in my, not in my family, but if we can all learn to do that for our community, we get to reflect the love of God as a community. I did bring a copy along tonight, but um, in a few weeks' time, we're going to have um, a magazine available here by um, um, Jamie Buscombe, who is part of the um, High Country Vineyard down in um, um, Mansfield in Victoria. And her story is that God put on her heart about 15 years ago to produce a magazine that will encourage people in their walk with God, full of testimonies, full of stories, full of day-to-day -day stuff, but full of how God walks with us in the everyday a magazine that's high quality that we can give to our friends who don't know Jesus and we can give away as a gift and then they can begin to find a way into this wonderful story of faith that we all have. Uh, Jamie's magazine was first released last year and she's just last weekend um, released her second volume and we, we've shipped up a load here for us to have as a community to be able to um, engage with and to think who, who do I know who, who might want to um, have one of these copies of the magazine to encourage them into faith and relationship with. God. So we're going to have those available for folks to take as gifts and um, we'll just talk a bit more about that as we, go, as we go on. But my inkling is that there's many of us who have actually a dream that God has put in their heart that they are, is percolating and that God might want to bring to fruition and that we need to learn to engage with. And Jamie has done just that. Does anybody know what Eden means? Delight. Isn't that amazing? I love that. God created a space for us to live and he called it delight. And he wants us to delight, to delight in his creation and to delight in going on to create things, spaces and environments that bless others. And God made a whole day in the week for delight. <clears throat> it's called Sabbath. <laughs> now, most people ignore it and then wonder why they're tired and don't have any time for delight in their world. But if we learn how to engage with Sabbath, we realize that's actually a gift from God. It's a day about actively guarding our time so that we can delight in all that he has made and all that he is. And then we have a chance to actually create something wonderful ourselves. Maybe a meal with friends, jars of jam to share, a piece of music, an artwork, gifts for our family, 
whatever brings joy and delight. We need to learn to learn, learn to lean into that, don't we? And to be people who celebrate God at the very centre of our lives and who wholeheartedly reflect him in all that we do and all that we say. Now, I've got some questions for us. And whenever I put questions together, I get overexcited and put too many. So apologies for that. So we don't have to answer all of these questions. But what I wanted us to do is to get into a group, get into small groups, maybe three at the most, just because otherwise you won't have a chance to say what you, you know, to engage really. But there's, how many questions have I put? One, two, three, four, five. So, you know, you don't have to do them all, but pick a couple, um, perhaps. And, and let's have a talk about this. And then and we're going to come back together and um, we're going to pray. And I feel that the Holy Spirit wants to bring some healing in this area for us, for people who feel that they've been told they can't, they're not allowed, they're no good, well, they have nothing to offer. Um, and then I've got a fun little party piece to do at the end as well today, if the PowerPoint will join in with the fun that I've planned, but we'll see if it will. Um, so how about we turn around or get into a different group with someone, someone you know, someone you don't, and just pick a few of those questions. How do you experience the Father's joy in your life? How does knowing you are dearly loved encourage you to live in the fullness of how God has made you? Do you think of yourself as creative? Why or why not? How does understanding that you are made in our creator God's image help you to view your creative contribution to your family and community? And how does it feel to know that God gives you permission to create? Okay, off you go. So it's just come up to 6.30, so we're going to pull up, draw our conversations to a close. I would like to pray with people at the end, um, but um, a PowerPoint seems to be joining in with the fun today. So um, what I'd like to encourage you to do um, is get out of your seats and come into some space where you can see the screens. So like in space over here or in the aisles or something. So I want you to be inhibited because I'm going to put on some uh, music which I would love you to dance with along with me. Okay, so um, so we're going to ha- watch the slideshow, which is, now if you don't appear in this slideshow, it's just because you haven't sent me po- photos of things that you make, okay, so that's your fault. So, if, <laughs> so there's lots of people in our community in this slideshow, and um, we're going to have a bit of a groove to Tommy Mac as we go, but... Um, um, Oh, June. You're going to get dancing, June. June, we're dancing. Basically, we're dancing and we're going to just appreciate our community and how, how creative we are and encourage one another in that. At the end, if you would like prayer in this area, please come and see me. I would love to pray and then we'll go out and have some hospitality. So um, we'll see if this works, okay? Unfortunately, we don't have sound system working, so we've got to do it this way. Let's see if it works. Oh, 